0: Heyo! Hey, Cleaning Nation. Um, those of you with us live, those of us uh, you with us on the podcast, we are doing our Wednesday, what is it? 2 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock Eastern broadcast. If you want to be a part live, uh, just join our Facebook group for free, Grow My Cleaning Company, and you can play live. If you're recorded, we'll try and do our best. Um, that said, let's jump in. Who we got? How can we help? Lindsay?
1: All right, let's roll here. We got Melissa Ferranti, who was chatting us last week in the Facebook group. She has a two part question. So we're going to start with number one. Oh, well, a backstory. She's been feeling really overwhelmed, like she needs to do everything in her business right this second. Um, and she doesn't really know what to focus on. So sh- her first question is, if you could prioritize from least important to most important the main things we need to focus on to actively grow our business, what would they be? And if possible, can you break it down like daily, weekly, monthly, et cetera?
0: Man, I love, love that question. I'm constantly on these calls ranting about how the quality of the question dictates the quality of the answer. And you bring a high quality question like that, allows me to give a high quality, ideally answer. So really good job, Melissa. All right. We'll kind of start big picture and I don't know how granular I can get without going back and forth and asking specific questions to Melissa. But funny, because this is really what we do with our people. So I think I was, I wasn't sure. I was sharing with the mindset, uh, with the results coaches, Lindsay. So I think you missed out, but let me pull it up. We just literally had our questions. Okay. So for all of you, Clean Nation, this is fun. This is how we do it internally. We're going to let you guys participate. So question one, do you have at least $5,000 of recurring revenue? Um, Not just, regular revenue, but revenue that comes in every month, $5,000 a month. If the answer is yes, we can move on. If the answer is no, the first thing you should work on is getting $5,000 a month of recurring clients. like, yeah, I have that. I'm doing a million dollars. Great. Whatever the case is. Um, Are you cleaning more than 10 hours a week? Um, If the answer is no, then we can move on to the next question. (laughs) But if the answer is yes the number one thing you need to do is get out of cleaning. And that looks like put together a hiring funnel with a core values-based hiring ad, something automated that repeats every week. You've got good traffic coming in. So if you uh, are making at least $5,000 a month in revenue and still cleaning 10 hours a week or more, the number one thing you want to work on is getting out of cleaning. Now, if you answered yes to both of those things, you go on to question number three. Are you taking at least 25 cents out of every dollar that comes into the company out of the company every month? Now we coach to 30%, but just in case you're like, oh, I'm at 27 or I'm not quite there. It's like, we'll go 25. And if the answer is yes, you go to question four. <laughs> if the answer is no, then the first thing you're going to want to do is get your cost of goods sold down. We coached to 45%. You can go to 50 uh, and get your expenses down. We coach to 25%. So if you have 45% cost of goods sold, 25% expenses, that leaves you with 30% profit. So... um If that is you, that's what you do next. And if you're like, no, I'm making more than $5,000 a month. I'm out. I'm cleaning zero ideally, but for sure less than 10 hours a week. And I'm taking at least 25 cents uh, on every dollar out of the company. Not just like, oh, I'm leaving it in. Like, I could take it out. No, literally paying yourself profit. Um, Then the next question is, are you doing all those things and adding at least $30,000 of annual recurring revenue every month? Um, And annual recurring revenue means $30,000 a month of basically $2,500 of recurring monthly service, which adds up to $30,000 a month. The problem is people want to go to that first, but they're still cleaning. They've got a bunch of systems or they don't have any systems. They're working uh, like crazy and they want to add fuel to that fire, but they haven't organized it. That's why we start with 5,000 revenue, getting out of cleaning, taking 25% out of every dollar. And um, the next step is to get out of the day-to-day, right? So even if you're not cleaning, you want to be working less than 30 hours total. And then um, you want to be adding... At least twenty-five thousand dollars in annual recurring revenue, up to fifty thousand. So that's really kind of the process that we would walk you through, and it depends on what stage you're in as to what process you would work on. You think? uh, You think I answered the first half of the question? I know she's looking for like daily, weekly, hourly tasks, but that's pretty granular. I'd have to have a more of a one-on-one, you know, back-and-forth conversation.
1: Yeah, I think that was a great step-by-step walkthrough of it still. I I really think that was very thorough, even brief, but it's good. (laughs) All
0: right. It it, it felt a little convoluted, so I'm glad if it made sense to Lindsay, I'm going to hope it made sense to half the rest of (laughs) y'all.
1: Yeah, you can always rewind it if you're listening to this on the recording and then go through it. Um, Well, let's go on to our second question related to the first. Um, More general, but how to combat overwhelm and feel okay or satisfied with where you're currently at in the business and she references uh, melissa references that whole gap versus gain mentality and Mm -hmm. she struggles with that and she feels like she's not doing enough not doing the right thing she's doing too much so can you speak to anything with that kind of mentality
0: man melissa you are i don't think i've ever called a client said or called a person said you should be a client but this lady is just Exactly. That these are such good questions. So, I'm just going to be completely honest. This is why we have results coaches like that are better at the mindset piece than the tactical. So, I hate to say it, but Suzanne or uh, uh, Janelle would be better poised to answer this than me. But you got me. You're stuck with me, Melissa. I'm going to do my best. Um, so, there are two separate things. Feeling okay and satisfied with my business is different than. Combating overwhelm. So let's talk about those a little separately. Overwhelm typically comes from lack of clarity. There's too many things to do and you don't know. Because really, we can only do one thing at a time, right? Like I'm here with you guys. If I was worried about the other things I had to do, that could create overwhelm. But I know if I'm going to do a good job here, this is all I can do. So I give myself permission to, while I'm doing this, just do this and not worry about anything else. The reason I'd have overwhelm is if I felt there was five things I need to do right now and I wasn't sure which was important... And I tried to go from thing to thing to thing or just got stuck doing nothing would create the overwhelm. So hopefully the answer to the first question will bring clarity, right? If you're not doing $5,000 a month and you don't have $5,000 a month of recurring revenue, just work on that. Nothing else. Allow yourself to ignore everything else. And then if you've got $5,000 but you're cleaning, just work on getting out of cleaning. So just kind of go through that and you can focus on that. I think that'll help with the combating overwhelm and again without being too obvious about it get a freaking coach that knows what they're doing and they'll give you step by step and hold your hand like that's obvious one um so that's on the overwhelm side on the um kind of feeling okay and satisfied with your business i would encourage you to look at long-term results and short-term actions right a lot of us i think i stole this from anthony robbins who might have stole from somebody else but We overestimate what we can get done in a year, but underestimate what we can get done in a decade, right? And people are like, you know, what's that? I forget the there's something about Mary. The guy picked up a hitchhiker and he's like, All right, you know how you heard about six minute abs? Well, I'm coming out with a product called five minute abs, right? Like, because people are just so as opposed to, hey, you have to eat a certain way and do a certain amount of exercise for two or three or four months, and then you'll see results. People are like, screw that noise. I want to get it in five minutes. So the not feeling great about your business is typically not giving yourself a reasonable standard or an un- giving yourself an unreasonable standard the same as or the opposite of not giving yourself a reasonable standard giving yourself an unreasonable standard and then holding yourself to that standard and a lot of that can come from competing with other people well this guy I heard you know did this and I should do that and if I don't do that I'm stupid it really could just be like well what kind of life do I want what's a reasonable time frame and what's a reasonable set of activities I should do right so again if you've never built a business before and you don't have any help or mentorship doing this and you're trying to figure it out on your own and like i should be at a million dollars by now it's like why <laughs> what what would make you think that right so i think just giving ourselves permission to as opposed to doing make wrongs or judging right this was by i should you know shitting all over ourselves one of our former coaches i wouldn't say old because she's not old but one of our former coaches tracy would say don't shit all over yourself um and for we're on Apple iTunes or whatever, this is not explicit, should S-H-O-U-L-D, don't shut all over yourself because that's what we do. We're like, I should have done this, I should have done that, I should have done the other. Maybe just move from judgment to curiosity. You know, so judgment would be I should I shooting on yourself. I should have this, I should have that, I should. There's lots of judgment baked in. Curiosity would be, well, I did this and I got that result. I wonder what would happen if I did this, or if I wanted that result, I wonder what I would have to do to get there. So it's a lot of just changing the way that you perceive it and giving yourself permission to not be judging, just be curious. Um, so that's a big topic. And I don't know if I did it any service, but best I got on this fine uh, Wednesday afternoon.
1: Love it. Don't judge, be curious. I need to write that down because that's a keeper right there. Writer downer, as you would say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I stole that from Dan Kennedy. So th- this whole pa- podcast is just me hearing smart things other people said and <laughs> regurgitating it in a certain order. So you're welcome. <laughs> hey, amazing people. You may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only asset I can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show for you to spread the word and share, so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, our next question comes from Amber via Facebook. Uh, She left a comment. Um, Oh, this is such a good one. What are the pros and cons of renting a storage unit versus an office space? She says she's outgrown her basement for supplies and needs a bigger facility and has enough profits to get a small office space with better visibility, but not enough to sustain her bottom line. So she'd have to raise her prices, which are high as it is. Um, and she's been looking into a storage unit, which will be easy on her cogs, but the majority are of the storage spaces are in like a sketchy area. So what do you think, Mike? All
0: right. Gosh, you guys are making me work today. I do not like that. Lindsay knows I'm very lazy and I don't like when people make me think or work or do anything I don't want to do. Um, okay. So I actually do like that question, Amber, for a couple of reasons. The first of which is it's very indicative of how people try and solve problems in their question. In their, So let me just kind of read back the highlights of what I heard Lindsay say. The question was, what are the pros and cons of renting a storage space versus office space? That's a reasonable question. Then she's like, I've outgrown my supply or my basement, fine. And then brought in a bunch of stuff that really is a different subject altogether. I've got profits to get it this, but not enough for the bottom line. And now I've got prices and they're already hot. And we take all these different things and we take a pretty straightforward question, and make it super complex. So I'm going to encourage you, Amber, to separate. They're all separate issues. So your bottom line, and I would call that profit, is a separate issue. Your cogs is a separate issue your needs for your office space are a separate issue. And then what you want in terms of, I think she said something about better visibility, also se- advertising, these are all separate issues, right? So we want to kind of just answer one question at a time and it becomes very clear. So what I would coach you, Amber and Cleaning Nation, is first of all, I hate offices. When I my last brick and mortar business was a car dealership, which required obviously a physical location with lots of inventory and stuff and people and i still remember giving the keys and be like i don't have keys anywhere like my house all has keypad my tesla is my phone so like i don't have a key i don't own a key it's the best best years of my life and i just hated having to go somewhere and now when i get to see my team we do three uh time events per year for our our uh, clients, so we can see each other and it's a blast and i love it but if it's every day you know i'm dragging in the office where's lindsay And lindsay like, where's mike and what's going on? like i just ugh, the whole thing is just heavy and yucky. And I feel so great not having an office. So long story short, a lot of people think they just need an office to look, you know, I want visibility. Well, I can assure you, whatever you're going to spend on office, give that to me or Google or somebody, we can get you a lot better leads than whatever your rent is costing. So I would just take out the whole marketing piece of it. Um, Just like we said earlier, expenses should be under 25%, right? So divvy up that expense any way you want. You're like, well, shoot, if I had an office or whatever, it's going to be over 25%. Then we got to get creative. We're going to solve that problem with creativity, not money. Um, And typically, if you're big enough where you need an office, you can afford it within your 25% of your expenses. And if you're like, well, I'm only doing 10 grand a month, you don't need an office, I promise. So that 25% expenses, and by the way, office is an expense, not a cost of goods sold. Um, Whatever office you can afford in there, fine. I would have as little of an office as possible but i wouldn't look at it as office versus um storage shed i would look at it as what do i use an office for and what's the best way to solve that problem so for me if i and again it depends on if i've got a million dollar cleaning company a 100,000 dollar cleaning company or a 10 million dollar cleaning company and i wish i knew generally uh amber size but we'll do our best um let's say i'm doing less than 50 grand a month the really the only reason i'm going to need an office is a place to kind of pick up and drop off supplies, weekly meetings, um, maybe some interviews, not the group interview. I'm going to have those like a coffee shop. And there's a lot of options. So certainly you can run an office, but I wouldn't. You could certainly run a storage space, but you've got to deal with not just crappy part of town, but the weather. Like... You know, because generally, I'm good. Basically, all I'm really looking for in an office is a place I can meet weekly to do my weekly meetings and have everyone pick up and drop off supplies. That's really it. So it could be an it could be an office that you rent. It could be your house, which I would not recommend. It could be a storage shed. It could be your janitorial supply company, where if you just say, "Hey, do you mind if I just come here to buy our stuff?" and we're just here, it could be one of if you're commercial, it could be one of your clients if they're okay with that. It could be, um, you know, they've got this Regis, like you could, if you just Google office space by the hour, you can rent a coffin room or a storage room. So there's just kind of, I don't say be creative, but really go, what exactly do I need this for? And then like, again, if I'm only going to use it an hour a week and some storage, well then shoot, I'll just rent a place, you know, 50 bucks an hour. You can get a, you know, uh, office space, you know, where you just rent it. So I'm going to kind of define what it is I'm really looking for. And again, well, I want to feel good about myself. Well, then rent a fancy office, but you're not going to make as much money. Well, I want you know advertising. A sign on your office is the most <laughs> expensive, least effective advertising ever. So to get crystal clear what you really need your office to be and then kind of solve it with that. But I would um, definitely not do my house. I would definitely stay away from renting an office that was at least like $40,000, $50,000 a month. And I would replace it like renting someone else's office. Maybe you can have a little, you know, storage area, you know, maybe if you're cleaning someone, they've got a little storage area. I would, I would just get creative. All right. Did that answer the question, Lindsay? Or did I dodge it completely?
1: No, I think you gave a lot of creative thinking outside of the box ideas. I mean, so many times I feel like as business owners, people get stuck in thinking only a certain way and there's so many creative different ways to to solve the problem. So that's very cool. Um, I think we got time for like
0: one more, depending on how chatty I get.
1: Yeah. It, can, can we ask a follow-up question for on this from uh, Melissa Ferranti in chat? Yeah, go ahead. She wants to know why you don't recommend using your home as a meeting point. Is it for safety reasons?
0: Um, That's a really good question. So, A, if I move, I don't want my whole <laughs> everything to move. B, I love my team. Like, Lynn, I think everyone on the team has been in my house. Like, and they don't even live in the same state, but we do events. Like, I have no problem going to dinner, going, to, you know, I, it's fine. But I would just feel, and I love my team. So it's not saying, like, I don't think Lindsay's going to jack me with a sock full of nickels, but just she's like, well, it depends on you. You wait. <laughs> give me, you give me the right, you give me the right day and the wrong, the right temperament. You see, you see what happens. Um, it just it's a it's not great for my neighbors but you know i'm always thinking about scaling and if you've got 20 30 people coming to your house it's kind of a i'm sure most places aren't zoned for business so your neighbors could literally call the police and be like hey you can't be running a business out of your house b it's not wildly professional you know just i would i gonna clean up my house every time or we're gonna meet in the garage my you people can't come in. it's just a weird vibe right so like i'm not saying i wouldn't have people to my house i just every week for the whole team till the end of time, not for me. And then I'm assuming, you know, I'm married, I've got an eight year old, it Just it's not for me, right? That's just not my vibe. And also it might feel a little janky for, if I invite Lindsay over and be like, hey, you know, Natalie and I are cooking dinner and come have dinner and she and her husband came. That's a cool thing. If I'm like, coming to my house, that's where we work. She might be like, what kind of organization, am like caught up in <laughs> just a weird vibe, right? So there's A, the zoning issues. B, there's the, what happens if I gotta move? And when you hire cleaners, a lot of turnover, I wouldn't want to say it's safety. I'd like to think you're not hiring people you're afraid of, but just the vibe ain't great for the employee or the customer or your neighbor, or actually the employee, the owner or the neighbors, it's just kind of a lose-lose for everybody because just houses aren't set up for that, right? Like get the right tool for the right job. And I'm looking for an environment to have supplies, have a nice meeting, get people excited. And I just think my house is probably not the best. I got a nice house. It's just not the best setup for that. Hopefully that, hopefully that is somewhat satisfactory, my friend in chat.
1: <laughs> got now it, we was definitely got some... time for one.
0: Go ahead. Sorry, Lindsay. I didn't mean to talk okay,
1: to... one more. All right. So this is from email from Angela. How does Angela get more clients to hire her in a rural area? She's working in a very rural area. How does she find clients in that situation?
0: Yeah, it's so funny because we get the same question over and over. Like, how do I get more commercial clients? How do I get clients in a rural area? How do I whatever? And I think the underlying belief is always, should I do Facebook or should I do telemarketing? Should I do you know direct mail or should I do Google ads and a billboard or radio? Like, There's just an infinite amount of people trying to sell you new fangled advertising stuff. And the answer I give is always the same answer, right? You get crystal clear on who your customers are, who's your perfect prospect, what is the pain that you solve for them? How do they articulate or communicate that pain in a way that's appealing to them that's going to make sense? And then where do they go to solve that pain? So the only thing that the rural area is going to change is where do they go to solve that pain? And maybe in LA, there's so many people moving in and out. Facebook, there's just enough of them. right? But maybe in a rural area, there's only 2,000 people. Like Facebook, there's just not enough impressions. So I might... I might do a radio ad because it's just such a small town. It's probably going to be cheap. And I'm not saying radio ads are the way to go, but I'm just saying if I'm in a rural area, I'm just going to have to try different stuff. I might do direct mail because shoot, there's only 318 people I'm going to use. I might hold a little event or a party. I might rent out a little restaurant, invite all my perfect prospects. So really it's just understanding. Everyone wants to start with, how do I market? How do I market? Like, Give me the magic words and the magic platform. Is it Facebook ads? I knew it was Facebook ads, right? As opposed to, Doing the hard work, frankly, of understanding exactly who your perfect prospect is—not just anyone little way. There's a world of difference of people that will wave money at you and people that are perfect prospects. So, who are your perfect prospect? What is the pain you can solve for them? How can you communicate that pain—that pain—in a way that makes sense to them? And where do they go to solve that? Those are really the questions that you get to answer. Whether it's how do I get government contracts, how do I get commercial work, how do I do in a rural area, how do I do in a suburban area, how do I do in an urban area—like same four steps. So. Um, and it's tough because again, we all want the easy magic bullet of just do Google local service ads and you'll be rich. And, you know, it's cause we get people selling local service ads that tell you, just give me money to run your local service ads or other, then you'll be rich. So it's only half our fault, but the reality is it's a little bit of work and thinking and thinking is what is the hard work and it's what gets, what's, it's what we really get paid for, right? So possibly a, uh, unsatisfactory answer angela but it is uh we've helped dozens probably hundreds of customers in rural areas and i promise you it works it's just a little harder than throwing money at the facebook guy
1: all right i think we'll leave it at that for this week
0: all right lindsay says we're good we're good cleaning (laughs) nation um if you want more help go to growmycleaningcompany.com all the content we do there is completely free i don't think there's anywhere i don't even think we have a credit card thing on there where you can put in your number um, over a thousand podcasts. that has been helpful. Check that out. If you like it, give us a subscribe, a rate, a review, all that good stuff. Um, and again, if you want to kind of be on the inside, we've got, I don't know, 15, 20,000 owners of cleaning companies in our Facebook group. It's totally free. Come join that on Facebook. That's how you can participate in this live. If you want us to answer your question, just email lindsay at growmycleaningcompany.com or support at growmycleaningcompany.com and uh, she'll get you hooked up. All right, Clean Nation. Appreciate you. See you soon. Well, here we are, the end of the podcast, and you made it. Great job.